Welcome to the Bible Reading Plan podcast by Victory Point. One of the best ways to grow as a disciple is to read and reflect on scripture daily. We created this podcast to guide you through our daily Bible reading plan that helps us dwell in God's word as we grow together in listening to the spirit. So whether you're on your commute or doing dishes or going for a walk, we're really glad you tuned in. Good morning. Today is Tuesday, April 27th. And as I alluded to yesterday, the little teaser from yesterday's podcast, uh, today is a very special day in the Durr household. It was 15 years ago today that um, we were at Holland Hospital um, and our fourth child, um, our first and only daughter, Lori, was born. So um, I, oh, I forgot to tell you, I'm Steve Durr. And then this is my beautiful wife, Jackie, as I mentioned yesterday. But so it's a special day for us to celebrate Lori. Um, now she asked us before we came here tonight, if we were going to embarrass her, if we were going to talk about her birthday. So we won't share all the stories about when she was born and just all the embarrassing stories about her, but feel free on Sunday, um, to go up and tell her happy birthday and ask her to share the embarrassing stories from her life. Um, <laughs> We might not ever come back to this church again, though, if you do that. So um, anyways, um, so Jackie, on Tuesdays is usually a time where our, our co-host kind of shares a little bit about um, how they met Jesus or you know, what Jesus means to them. So can you um, just share with us a little bit about uh, how you met Jesus, who Jesus is to you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I grew up in the church. Um, in the Methodist Church, actually. Yeah, I converted um, her. <laughs> um, but yeah, Methodist Church down in Southern Indiana and faith, um, it was always important to me. Um, then in high school, I had two youth directors who, um, they were just awesome guys and they facilitated a lot of spiritual growth in me. Um, one of the youth group events that we had was um we went to a degarmo and key concert wow that's uh, a flashback yes so but the concert was actually in the gym of my high school um and then at the end of the concert they um, gave an invitation for people to publicly accept jesus like to to come down to the front where the stage was and so i went down and i did that and um you know, I think back, it's, it's really cool that I got to do that at my high school um, where I spent a tremendous amount of time. I was there all of the time. Um, so to be able to have that moment there was really cool. Yeah. Um, and then after that, just I, I feel like I became even bolder in my faith. Um, and that really pointed me in the right direction as I went off to college then after that. So, um, yeah, this is a little bit about how kind of officially started for me, but it's always yeah. been a part of my life. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm thankful that happened to you uh, for many reasons, but also because when you went to college, you got involved with some of those uh, campus ministries I was talking about um, yesterday. Yeah. And, you know, um, you just had this magical moment where you <laughs> were at did. the first, um, you know, one of the first events of the night, and there was some dude up there singing Sing and shine, shine to shine, shine, doing all the motions. And, yeah. and, and I said, that, that's the kind of guy I want to marry. Yeah. But then and she met me a few weeks later and oh, no, just teasing. So, <laughs> um, so yeah. So shine, Jesus shine is a camp song. that has a very special place in, in our 
and our history, our our, <laughs> yes. our romance. But anyways, enough about us. Um, <laughs> oh, and I figure I appreciate you talking about your youth pastor. I won't tell anybody that he also taught you how to stack the deck. No, no, yeah. no, no. And no, so, no. Um, yeah, because youth pastors <laughs> would not teach their students how to stack the deck um, playing cards. So I'm sure that never happened. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> all right, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm derailing us, so I'll reel us back in. Um, today, we are going to read a psalm. Um, Psalm 22, verses 25 to 31. So, Jack, before I get us even more off track, can you go ahead and read that for us and try to pull us back on track? <laughs> Absolutely. So, Psalm 22, uh, verses 25 through 31. From you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly. Before those who fear you, I will fulfill my vows. The poor will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations will bow down before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. All the rich of the earth will feast and worship. All who go down to the dust will kneel before him, those who cannot keep themselves alive. Posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness, declaring to a people yet unborn, he has done it. So, yeah, as I read that, what, what jumped out at you yeah. as you hear that today, Steve? Yeah, well, um, well, the part that we read is definitely a psalm of, of praise or a psalm of deliverance. It's, it's a very um, celebratory and spirit. It's saying, hey, you know, life is good and um, everything that um, maybe was wrong has been fixed. And, and it really sends a positive vibe, like, hey, Things are good. But when I flip back to the beginning of this passage, um, the, the first few verses are, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? Um, now, does that sound familiar to you? Um, yes, it sure does. Yeah. Where does that sound? I'm, I'm, I'm leading you on here. So <laughs> where, where have you heard that phrase before? I have heard that when Jesus was on the cross. Yeah, exactly. So this psalm, um, Psalm 22, starts in a very dark place. Um, and it's um, it's actually one of the most quoted psalms in the New Testament. I read when I was looking at the footnotes. But um, it's this passage, it's this the psalm that Jesus quotes when he's on the cross. Now I don't know if he quoted the whole thing or not. Um, but those anybody listening to him on the cross, as soon as he said, "My God, My God, why have you forsaken me?" The Jewish people at the time would automatically think of this psalm. And as you go through it, um, it talks about how, you know, his hands were pierced, that people are mocking them, people are saying, and this is David writing it, but, um, you know, that people are hurl insults at me. They'll say, he trusts in God. Why can't God rescue him? Um, it says, my, my, they'll cast lots for my clothes. So everything that's happening to Jesus on the cross is described in this um, psalm. And so people... Um, hopefully, uh, our, or maybe Jesus is hoping that they'll connect the dots. Um, and so I just thought that was interesting that um, that Jesus quotes this from the verse. So we think about it as, you know, he's crying out in anguish, God, why are you forsaking me? But when you look at the psalm in its entirety, whether Jesus quoted it or not, um, the people hearing it, hearing him, seeing him on the cross, if they think about it, they're going to think, oh, wait, but how does that psalm end? It ends by saying, um, 
you know, all the ends of the earth will remember him, will bow down before him, all the rich of the earth will feast and worship, um, you know, and so it, they will hear him crying out on the cross, see him being, um, you know, crucified and beaten and mocked, but they'll know, hey, something good is going to come from this. Um, so at least that's what I what I speculate. Um, and then the the last verse was, they will proclaim his righteousness for people yet unborn, for he has done it. Well, Jesus' last words on the cross in, in the book of John is, it is finished. He has done it. It is finished. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of that, um, as I read it, it was it's, uh, gives us hope. Um, I, I would think that give people, you know, at the time watching Jesus, give them hope to say, okay, this is horrible what we're seeing, but if if it ends like that psalm ends, there's there's hope there. So I know that maybe was going too off, far off of the deep end, but. Yeah, yeah no, I don't think so at all. I think it just sounds like, so it, when we read the, that's the small section of the psalm that you noticed that it was really positive, but then in digging a little deeper, then you found how there was so much pain in the beginning of it and talking so much about Jesus being on the cross and, mm. um, and then knowing that he said that um, and how people in that day would have, um, would have known what he was talking about. Um, and that's so interesting because that is pretty much exactly what jumped out at me too. <laughs> um, I, um, you know, as I, I read this before, um, just to do a little bit of preparation for now, and I wrote down um, some notes that were so similar to what you said, just that it was full of praise and positivity. And, um, but yeah, I was curious what came before too. So I went up and saw the same passage that you did. And I'm like, oh, that's right. And I remember learning a long time ago that that, that was, um, I don't remember where I learned it, but it was very intentional um, that, that Jesus was in, in applying like the whole Psalm, even though maybe he just said the first part that he was meaning the whole thing, that maybe that was something common they did. I don't, I don't know for sure, but I feel like I learned that at some point in time yeah. somewhere. But um, yeah, and that, so that just makes it mean something totally different then too. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, I think when um, when I hear the the first words of the psalm, oh my God, oh my God, why have you forsaken me? Um, that I just hear pain in that, mm. so much pain. Um, you know, a, a son talking to his father, but but then thinking of the whole psalm and this part especially, like that's totally different. Like mm -hmm. so, the picture yeah. Jesus on the cross, um, even though he didn't maybe necessarily say all these words he knew it and the people there would have known what it meant. Like that just, it gives a different picture. Now I, I wonder, maybe, you know, you talked about his intention, maybe wondering if his intention was to give hope to people, um, which I could totally see that. Um, I can't imagine how hard it would be to be a person right there. And that might just be another thing, like hearing his words and saying, what? What are you talking about? Where's there's there is no hope, right? You're yeah. saying, you know, he has done it. It's what are you talking about? Like to be really confused. Like now for us, it makes sense, but yeah, yeah. Well, and maybe it was something that they didn't think about in the moment, but you know, reflecting back on it, you know, years later, it's like, oh, 
I see what he did there. You know, and and I don't know, you know, and not to say that he wasn't crying out in agony and, and despair because he was being, I mean, that was the whole purpose of the cross. This um, is for God to forsake Jesus so that he could fully pay for our sins. So there, there was that too, but just in the midst of his pain, um, if his words of anguish could also then provide hope or point people to, uh, to the joy that would come just speaks even more to how compassionate he was that he was thinking. So again, you know, maybe I'm putting words in his mouth, but, but it definitely, I think people who knew the scripture back then, and they were all very devout Jews, they would have memorized the Psalms, um, that I would think that at least some of them were, were making those connections. So mm -hmm. yeah, it would mean something yeah. to them. Um, it's interesting that you say they talk about the compassion that Jesus had even in that moment. I'm thinking back to when you and Tom were talking during Holy Week about how, um, you know, in those last moments, like Jesus probably had like hardly any blood in his body and how yeah. much um, agony he was in. And even in those moments to have compassion, like I, I can't even comprehend that. Yeah. yeah. It's hard for me to have compassion for anyone if I'm hurting, like if, if I'm in pain, I, it's hard for me to do anything well, um, yeah. let alone to show compassion to other people. Yeah. Well, you think about the, the, the thieves that were being crucified with them. You know, one was mocking them. The other one was realizing, hey, look, I deserve to be up here. You don't. You haven't done anything. And I want to follow you. And in that moment, in the moment of his death, Jesus was saying, hey, today you'll be with me forever, you know, in, in paradise. So he offers that salvation in the midst of his death. Um the midst of his pain so yeah um if only we could be that compassionate so but yes it's yeah. definitely definitely hard so um anything else that you want to pull from this passage um no i i think just yeah the hope that it gives and just the it's the different picture that i have of um thinking of the whole psalm um thinking of jesus on the cross saying that that's Nothing, nothing different, but that, that's yeah. a picture that's going to stick with me. Yeah. Well, hopefully, ladies and gentlemen, as you go throughout your day, um, you can think about this passage and find hope in it, even if you are in a dark spot, a dark place where you feel um, that maybe there isn't much hope. Um, you can remember that our Savior, um, in his deepest agony, was still expressing his love to us and trying to bring hope in the darkness. And so if you're in that darkness today, um, I just pray that you would find that hope in Jesus and that um, that darkness would be lifted and his light would just fill you with uh, his love. So, uh, so thank you for joining us today. We'll send you on your way with this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace.